0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, Browns fans, and welcome to OBR Weekly. My name is Barry McBride. I'm the publisher of the OBR, uh, and uh, I was just talking muted, and I no longer am. And my uh, purpose here this evening is to wrap questions to the legend Mr. Freddie Grethen, fresh from the environs of Carolina. How are you doing, Freddie?
1: Very early this morning after a little jaunt down to Charlotte. So, yeah, I'm ready to go. It was kind of a big, big jump start to the season. You know, a lot of us were a little bit concerned with how they would play and thinking that number six would maybe, and and I said, I thought he might win the battle, but lose the war and kind of close to that. I also won't say that I called Cade Mc or Cade that York would kick a a field goal to win the game. I mean, I just, just saying,
0: but (laughs) all in all,
1: you know, pretty successful weekend, I think.
0: Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, Browns fans were left happy. Uh, they were almost left unhappy, but uh, we can talk about that later in the show if you want. Uh, by the way, uh, when we are unmuted, uh, we do try to answer your questions, and that's what this show exists for. I've got a couple questions down here to ask Fred, but uh, really we're more interested in yours Uh, so fire them off in the chat room on youtube and twitch and we will get to them uh, as quickly as we can Uh, already got a few from fumble 13 thank you uh mr 13 and uh uh appreciate uh, all the chatter in the chat room so keep uh keep banging that keyboard there and and let us know if you have any have any questions um let's talk about a couple things fred obviously You're feeling redeemed this week. You pretty much called what was going to happen uh, with the Cade York field goal. But you also had something you've been advocating uh, for quite a while, which is uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the backfield together. And uh, they proved to be pretty effective this week. And my understanding is that they faced the media together today. Uh, So what did they have to say? And uh, what does Stefanski have to say about – using them both there in the backfield.
1: Well, yeah, I have. I mean, if you've been following me and what I've been writing for since the first year of Stefanski, you know, during the COVID time that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are arguably, you know, two of the if not the two biggest playmakers they have on offense. I might argue Amari Cooper, you know, but I would still say those two and so often you would see one or the other on the sideline and really the only explanation is, you know, to rest them. And, and I get that, but you know, you also take 50% of what a defense has to concern themselves with. And one of the things I liked about this weekend game was that 24 and 27 were out there together not necessarily even on running plays. They both ran pass patterns right out of the backfield. So that tells me you're you're looking now and saying what I've been saying, get those playmakers on the field and make the defense, if nothing else, be concerned about them because you have to account for them. If you leave Nick Chubb alone, he's going to be a, a touchdown. Same thing right. with Kareem Hunt. And today he felt, he said he felt disrespected when he had a linebacker on him. And he, you know, the guy grabbed his jersey and he still got 10 yards behind him and Brissett overthrew him. That'd been a touchdown. But, you know, all that being said, um, Stefanski said it's a week to week proposition depending on the opponent. And Carolina had faced uh, two backs in and they had tape on it, so they knew what they were going to do, and so they game-planned. That concerned me a little bit that he said that because I hope it was just gamesmanship. He's really downplaying using them that much together. Like, I don't know how many snaps they were to get, you know, or whatever. But hopefully they continue it because it's like, oh, well, you know – this works, so we're not going to run it again because they're going to know what we're going to do. You know, that that makes no sense to me. As, as far as those together, uh, yeah, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt came out. They were both going to speak to us today, but they came together. Mm-hmm. And it looked like a little pre-planned United front. They were asked about the, the nickname of Chunt. We'll call that C-H-U-N-T, make sure uh-huh. it's clear. And they embrace it. They like it. They like playing together. They like pulling for each other. They like being on the field together. And I wrote that story today about it. I mean, Kareem Hunt said, we're football players. We can block. We can pass. We can catch. We can run. And that's what you want. And I think it might also be – It could. you know, I think it's genuine, but I also think it – it's smart by hunt because he's, he's kind of attaching himself to Nick Chubb as we're a combo, you know, and if you guys want to move on from me, that's going to be a problem assuming this year plays out well. So I don't know if it'll work or what they'll do, but it is, if they're very successful doing this to me, I would have a hard time just letting him go, you know, in free agency because of money, you know, if, if, you know, if they can work something out. So right they seem to be good at contracts. And you look at the money there, $6 million to him. And then you got David Najoku, $15 million. He got one pass. Now, it's not his right. fault they didn't throw it to him. But, you know, come on. Where's, that's what we saw with Austin Hooper. So, no, Chubb and Hunt really embraced together. I have some video clips on Twitter and in my story today on the OBR.com about um, playing together and what they how that stresses the defense, just not necessarily even if they're touching the ball, even just being out on the field. And so I hope we see more of it.
0: Hey, we're getting some fantastic questions here in the uh, chat room, so I'm going to very quickly diverge from uh, my questions, but there is one that I wanted to talk to you about, and that's uh, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Brissett's not getting a ton of attention this week uh, after the win uh, there's a lot of suggestion out there that he played sufficiently quote unquote um, you know uh, for the Browns to win. Uh, but I suspect that conversation would be a lot different if Cade York uh, had missed that field goal or if Brissett had been called for intentional grounding um, you know, the play that gave uh, uh, Matt rule an em- em- embolism Um but you know, Brissette did okay, I guess. Um, do you think we're going to see an improvement? In Brissette's plays; he gets more used to this offense and game situations with his wide receivers and tight ends a little more.
1: I'm not sure he is what I thought he was. Um, you know, a game manager, and I think he's got a get the offense into I think a lot of their problem early was they couldn't they weren't set I mean I'm looking at the play clock I don't know on the TV thing but in the press box it's three two one and they're snapping it and they didn't even seem like they were organized and Mm -hmm. um, I would just like to see them get in and get out of the huddle and be ready to go and he's got to make a quicker decision and then when he has the shots, he's got to connect it. That first third down and three Cooper made a move and the cornerback fell down. He was wide open. He threw it over his head. And then hunt on the second next series, you know, I said he was being held and he still was open. I mean, they usually, they might've been able to put up 35 points, you know, in the first half, you know, right. like at least two more touchdowns, 31. <laughs> and, you know, you got to take advantage of that because you're not going to win games when you're playing the chiefs or the bills or the chargers that, that put a lot of points on the board and Mm -hmm. they know that you can't rely on the defense to shut these teams out. So with that said, yeah, I mean, he played all right, but you're right. I mean, that should have been intentional ground that that broke the law. I mean, the rule, you know, faking or not immediately throwing it down as I see the, the video of it and so forth, but we've seen that go against the Browns so many years. So I I just think you call it, you know, a little bit of getting even, but it is. Yeah. If they'd have won, lost that game, you, that's all you'd be talking about because he didn't play that great. It was just, you know, 52%. I think they gotta, they gotta find him and, have him throw that ball to Najoku or Bryant, a five-yard curl or something, you know, and swing out to Hunt or Chubb and make the easy throws. A lot of them were very contested plays and good throws on occasion. Peoples-Jones, you know, he had six catches, and I think a lot of them were in double coverage or really contested on that final drive. Brissette did make a couple – throws and it got him close enough but my goodness if you're counting on a kid to make a 58 yard field goal you know all the time that that's unbelievably naive in my opinion so you got to do better net that. with that said tremendous weapon i mean that's like justin mm-hmm. tucker is that you get over the midfield stripe and you got a chance to to put points on the board so yeah yeah i think Brissett's got he's he said that it's just they always use the word cleanup, got to clean up, you know, defense, We got to clean up. Well, in communication, I'd like to see it. I mean, I'd be all for cleanup and communication. I don't think he's going to be that great, but I think if he just doesn't turn the ball over, I mean, the, the biggest play there on offense for a while was that pass interference in the end zone, which would have been an interference. You don't just throw the ball up like that. And uh, anyway, I just think that, yeah, he's got to improve. Hopefully, the pressure that he was feeling is off, you know, getting the win and getting that first one out of the bunker. It's also why I was, you know, pounding the table to keep Mayfield until you knew what was going on with, you know, Watson, because – I think they'd be much better shape offensively with Baker Mayfield. I mean, he's a better quarterback. There's no question in my mind, but they felt that they just couldn't bring him back. They didn't want him back. So, you know, that's here nor there, but Brissette's got to do better. But I've been calling for Josh Dobbs to get a look. You cannot look at Brissette as being a franchise quarterback that you never take out. He's a backup. So, you got Dobbs there. If you got three and out, punt, three and out, three and out, bring in Dobbs and shake it up and see what he does. Maybe yeah. he'll be a spark. If he doesn't spark you, you still got a three and out, and then you go yeah. back to the <laughs> other guy. So, you right. know, I don't know why it was the first game. And I think they didn't want doubts to creep into Brissett's back. And that's that's all I can think of. Why they they didn't make any change the other day. So I would think, ideally, if you can get out ahead of the Jets and play stellar defense, but then maybe the offense does bog down a little in the second half, go to Dobbs and see what he can do. You can still say sets the starting quarterback. It's just like a relief pitcher. You know, if Shane Bieber doesn't have it one day, you bring in the relief pitcher – but there's no question Bieber's going to start the next time it's his turn. You know, it's like, I don't know why they don't do that in NFL, you know, especially when you don't have a tried and true starting quarterback.
0: Right. I, uh, you know, as far as Mayfield's concerned, I I was decidedly unimpressed uh, with Mayfield uh, on Sunday. He had a couple passes where there was broken coverage and he was smart enough to throw that ball to them, you know, But he wasn't exactly throwing people open or anything like that. Do you think he's better
1: than Brissette?
0: I think the fact that you're comparing them means he's probably not – they probably made the the right decision to to look elsewhere. Um, It's – each has their strengths and weaknesses, I would say. But – you know, I wasn't he's blown away by Baker. He's a
1: better quarterback than Jacoby Brissett any day of the week. It's you just that so? he's, he's an average starting quarterback. He's not an elite starting quarterback, and that's why they moved on from him. I'm glad they moved on from him, but I'm just saying for these 10-11 games, you know, you got your season in the hands of Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. And that really doesn't matter, but I'm just saying as far as I get why they did, but – think about that if he misses that field goal you paid the guy 11 million to beat you
0: yeah yeah that pays somebody 11
1: million to let you get beat up like they do in college football like hey arkansas state come on in and let us hammer you and we'll give you this much money so we can fill the horseshoe up
0: for the (laughs) hundred
1: thousand people you know right and it's a lot more than 10 11
0: million but i regret exactly exactly hey um While we're on the subject uh, of uh, Jacoby Brissett and the offense, um, the Jets coming up next week have uh, not a strong team uh, and uh, an offensive coordinator that makes some questionable decisions, but um, they do have a very good defensive line. And it is a deep defensive line. So, you know, knowing me as well as you do, you know that I'm paranoid and so, what I'm paranoid about this week is the Jets shutting down the Browns' running game because of the the strength and depth of their defensive line. Um, I don't know if that's the case at all, but from a strategy perspective, Fred, you know, if you're going against a Jets team like that, do you go strength against strength? Do you try to run against these guys regardless, um, and just try to impose your will uh, on the uh, front four of the uh, New York Jets?
1: Well, I think you don't shy away from them. I mean, you just rushed for two hundred and seventeen yards against a pretty good defense. But yeah, you look at the stat sheet against the Ravens, which are known as a running team. They had what fifty three yards rushing, sixty three yards rushing, mm-hmm. and uh, th- they held their opponent to two hundred and seventy four yards. I mean, that's similar to what the you know what the Browns you know did to the Panthers. Um, And so, yeah, they have a a stout defensive line. I think you got a game plan, you know, and that's again where you got these running backs and you just pound them. It only takes one. We saw Chubb two yards, two yards, then a break. Same way with Kareem Hunt. So it's over a course of a game. But I don't think you can go in and say, okay, they're going to stop us. So we got to throw the ball 50 times because I don't think that's how this team is built, you know. That's why I said, last week in the preview or road is that this team's built to get the lead, play good defense, and not try to play from behind. And we saw the other day the biggest problem was the defense gave up the lead three times on a couple broken coverages and stuff. But other than that, the game plan, that's what you need to do. So, um, no, I don't think you go away from it. If they stop you, they're going to probably stack the box. They know Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are probably the best running duo in the NFL, and and so this is again where the coaches have to find a way to get the ball out from Brissett into, you know, Cooper. You got to get him involved. You're paying the guy twenty million. He got three catches for seventeen yards, and maybe your tight ends. I think David Jimjoku got one catch for seven yards. He had one called back but as far as you got to get you got to get them guys in the short passing game at least involved mm-hmm. the tight ends cooper and maybe david bell that would be nice and so right. yeah
0: yeah i was going to ask about that and, and and paul spencer asked about it uh, as well in terms of why we saw so little of joku uh david bell same way i was expecting david bell to play a fairly significant role as a uh, uh, possession receiver. Um, any any feedback from the coaching staff as to why uh, Njoku was not uh, a more dominant force on the field last Sunday?
1: Well, because he wasn't targeted. I mean, as far as they had him blocking, he, he was out there blocking most of the game. Him and they got good grades or was – you know, that coaches talked about how important they were in the running game, but you're not paying him 15 million to be a blocker. So I was expecting more creative, you know, use of them. Right. Screen passes. I mean, they had the one, but James Hudson, who generally got good reviews filling in for Conklin, was right in front of me. He was, it was a, away from him, it was on the other side of the field and he's jogging downfield and got called for illegally downfield when he has had nothing to do with the play. It mm. was completely on the other sideline. That was one that called back. I believe it was Nijoku had a catch. And uh, so I just think that, you know, I think they just got to be a little more out of the box and get those guys involved. I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, you got, you only got two tight ends now playing Uh, Jesse James will probably start playing, but they had them mainly as blockers. So whether they thought they were too uh, congested or whatever, but if he's going to be one of your playmakers and that's what, by paying him what they did and moving on from Hooper, that's what they signaled that that's, he's going to be big in the offense. And I was expecting that. And then it was kind of the same old, same old. You know, one or two catches, very pedestrian numbers. So right. not, not much said about it, but I guess we'll probably see what, what the approach is this week.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition... The two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Yeah, the, the money he was given sort of promises a Mark Andrews type of production. And uh, we certainly did not see that uh, against the Panthers. Um, uh, going back to the Jets, you know, flip the field. Uh, Brown's defense against the uh, Jets offense. Uh, the Jets offensive line is not very good uh, especially due to some injuries that they've had. And Flacco is an immobile quarterback. Uh, my prediction for this game is that we see Mike White at quarterback sometime in the second half, either because Flacco has been flattened or, or because uh, he's been ineffective against the rush that the Cleveland Browns are going to put uh, on him. Uh, not really a question here, but Marty made the comment in a YouTube chat that uh, – I just had to jump on because <laughs> I I am really looking forward to seeing that defensive line tee off against the New York Jets. Uh, uh, Miles Garrett could come out of there with a bunch more uh, sacks after after Sunday. Um, well, I would
1: I would think so. Um, the biggest thing about it is, you know, we've seen this in the past where we expected something and it didn't happen. I mean, they have a an inferior line to the Panthers. And there, if you remember their left tackle, McKay beckton who's drafted the same, you know, time as Jedrick mm-hmm. Wills, was out for the season. So they went out and got Dwayne Brown, who was on the market, and then he got put on injury reserve. So you're down to your third left tackle. Right. And I know it was a rookie going against Miles and he ate him up. So you would think, that it would be poised for really big time. But it always amazes me. It never seems to work, you know, when you talk about things. Then it's like, well, how in the world did they stop it or negate it or whatever? But, yeah, it's set up for that. And I think the defense, again, this could be a game the defense really needs to win. Mm -hmm. Shut them down. And then the offense, you know, play a ball control game. And you got the kicker that you know if you can get inside or you can get to the 40 or inside, you don't have to go all the way to the red zone, but you got to start getting touchdowns. Right. So, so I think the defense again is set up for that and it's poised. I mean, you take away those two broken plays. I think they gave up 260 yards and 125 or 128 and, you know, on three broken plays. And there's no excuse for that.
0: No, there's not, uh, but just the, the notion of the Browns' defensive line going against uh, Flacco and that offensive line has got me all psyched up and ready to go for uh, uh, for Sunday. But uh, Larry here points out that Flacco still passed for over 300 yards, so uh, he's still got some wiliness to him. He threw
1: 59 uh, times,
0: though. Yeah, he, he was thrown like crazy in the second half, and uh, it was so weird. I mean, the Jets weren't down that much. Uh, you know, and the offensive coordinator just kept throwing the ball with, uh, with Flacco, um, Manimal asked if the Jets are changing their QB, supposedly not. The stories came in coming out of New York today. He said it will be Flacco, uh, starting against the Browns and, uh, uh, hence my, my dangerous prediction that, uh, he's not going to last the game, uh, but we'll see it. We'll see it. Um, All right, let's go to some of the other great questions that we have here. Uh, Let's go to this one first, because I I think it's the most critical. Uh, It's what I wrote the Newswire about this morning. And uh, this comes from Fred, or Fumble13, asking you, Fred, if you love Brownie as much as we do, our new uh, midfield ornamentation. So I'm sure you have a lot to say on this, this particular subject.
1: Well, I liked it as a kid. I like the tradition, you know, that that's what they started with. Um, I like it better than the dog, um, to be honest. I mean, the dog was Hanford Dixon and, you know, Frank Minifield, and it was an organic thing. And they've tried to capitalize on it when these guys don't even know what the dogs are and they don't really yeah. understand it at all. And it was just a, that was a chemistry be, between the old stadium the way it was set up and those guys. But yeah, I, I like that, you know, they won a championship, you know, in 46, I think with that. And I just think, you know, it it looks fine to me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that into it, but it's big. I mean, it's quite a big logo out there. I like better than just the plain Jane stuff, but I don't think I really want to put it on the helmet yet.
0: Yeah, I'm not into that, but uh, uh, I was very positive about it because it's very retro and uh, it's really going to confuse people from out of town. They're going to have no idea why in the world we have put an elf in the middle of the field. And uh, I like keeping our opponents confused. Uh, So I am uh, I'm very happy to see it. So it's a big win from me. Uh, Let's see here. Let's go to Charlie Chuck off of YouTube. And uh thanks Charlie for your question. He asks uh if Felton is cut yet for a new punt returner, saying he's now basically do, that for him, do you think we're gonna see Demetric Felton active uh once uh Chester Rogers moves up to the uh the game day roster?
1: Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think that was a strategic ad to the practice squad, Chester Rogers is a six year veteran. He's played with the Colts. He's, he's been a pretty good wide receiver and he's a punt returner and he was out there practicing today. I have that, my story video of him out there, number 83. And I do think that that is what they have in mind to take a look and see if, if he can do that job. I thought it was a little interesting the other day that Dearness Johnson was inactive because they they wanted Jerome Ford to be the kick returner over Dearness, who did a pretty good job last year. And so they like Ford as the returner on kicks, but I think that Rodgers really has a chance to be the punt returner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Felton didn't help himself with the fumble. Um, And, you know, kind of ironically, Herb Miller... Recovered it and saved the day, but he got cut for his efforts. He is back on the practice squad now. But um yeah, I think that they're they're going to see if Rogers can be the guy because he's a little more experienced and and he's done it.
0: Yeah, a uh, lot of a uh, lot of criticism of Felton. Uh, I watched the game in the get playback room with uh, Jake commentating and the chatters there. It's a great way to watch a game if you are in front of your computer uh, during the game on Sunday. Uh, I had a blast in there, but uh, uh, everybody was freaking out every time the ball was kicked to Felton uh, because those first, he, he did, he did fumble, but you know, besides that wasn't looking very, very good at all. Um, hey, there's the brownie. There's the brownie. Uh, Super search MC says uh, one more game winner and the elf will be replaced with Kate's face. Have you ever seen a rookie other than Bernie Kosar become so popular in this town, so fast, Fred, uh, with the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, it kind of shows
1: it's a low bar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Very but true. I mean,
1: you know, he's got a leg and he's accurate. And and I think that bodes well. I mean, what's the average NFL game, a six-point difference? That's, right. Right it always amazes me how low a priority people put on kicking, you know, field goals, you know, you know, Justin Tucker, you don't want to get into overtime with them because if they win the toss, it's like they go 10 yards and they kick a field goal, you know, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I just think that, you know, it bodes well. I did see him and I don't be negative. If you read what I wrote, I watched him before the game. And it was the worst I'd, I'd ever seen him kick. I mean, all training camp, he made everything. And right. even his practice kicks in the preseason game. But in the pregame in Carolina, he missed kick after kick after kick. In fact, you could tell it was bothering him because he ran out there when they were doing like the national anthem just before game time. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, and he lined up and, and did one last one and he hit the goal post from 33 yards, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my goodness. And that is why the Browns went for it on fourth down there in their first series. They were on, like, the 36 of the Panthers. That's a 52, 53-yard field goal, and we saw him make them all preseason. And Stefanski kind of alluded that he was aware of his pregame and didn't want to have that first kick in that situation because that could even make it worse. And if you remember, he had a couple extra points, but then his first field goal was 26-yarder. It was closer than an extra point. And then he got a 34-yarder, then a 36-yarder, and he was back, you know, back on for that 58-yarder. So I think Stefanski did the right thing the way he handled him. But, no, I think Cade York, you know, it's optimistic. You know, you could have that guy for 20 years. He could be like Sebastian Janikowski, you you know, kicker's. He's 21 years old, I think, and so that bodes well. If you have a guy you can count on, especially when you're going to have a good team, you know, how disheartening was it last year to lose the Packer game basically because of kicking or lose the Raiders game or the Ravens game because they didn't make kicks earlier in the game, and at the end you didn't have a chance to win because you missed kicks.
0: Yep, yep. Well – Yeah, Katie has already made a difference in the standings, and uh, we can just hope that uh, he can do it again once called upon. Really interesting question here from Tim Watt uh, in the Twitch chat room, and he uh, he asked if Joe Woods is allowed to call timeouts on his own because it looked like they should have called a timeout before one of those broken plays when uh, Denzel Ward was off the field and came back onto the field very late. Uh, and it just looked like things were chaotic and it turned into a touchdown for Carolina. So is Woods allowed to do that? And uh, if so, did anybody ask him why he didn't?
1: I don't know specifically about him yelling to the ref, but I think any player, they don't have to be a captain on the field, can call timeout. And I know, you know, they're all on headsets, so they're all talking just like we're talking here. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it can't take more than a split second for Woods to say, call timeout. You know, Stefanski, if he has to call, it is usually right by the official, you know, is at the line of scrimmage. So that's a good question. I don't know specifically on the minutia of that rule, but, you know, I can ask him tomorrow if, you know, we meet with him on Thursday, but there's usually a little more pressing questions. We usually can't get too many You know, yeah, on those things, it's more bigger picture. Like, why did you let them blow these coverages? And why did you give up the lead three times in the fourth quarter and on and on? Fun questions,
0: yeah. And then he says they'll look at the film and get it figured out, and it's a process and so on and so forth. Um, all right. Well, thank you, 10 Watt, for that question. Uh, that was a good one, and we got a bunch of other good ones here. Uh, This next one comes from Brandon uh, in the YouTube chat room. He says, which is more surprising, playing Martin Emerson over A.J. Green or Jerome Ford over uh, DeErnest Johnson? Which one surprised you more, Fred?
1: Uh, I don't think either surprised me. I would guess maybe slightly Ford over DeErnest because Dearness did it last year and he he actually was probably the most productive kick returner they had. I think he was second, but his average was up there and he had some of the better returns, even though they, they didn't have a lot. The whole thing on the kick return, punt and kick, it just shadows or or highlights how big of a signing and how big of an injury it was on Jakeem Grant. Nobody really – thought about him much until you get to see the kick and punt return. He's a three-time pro bowler, you know, and you lost him for the season, and he was going to be – that's who they – you know, they were looking for an impact from him like you're getting from Cade York, better field mm-hmm. position and all that kind of stuff. So they're scrambling. They're trying to just come up with what they had last year, and and that's why Chester Rogers, I think, is here, see if – and if somebody else becomes available, you know. but. No, I think Emerson's been impressive. They drafted him where they did because they liked him. And we all thought, man, that guy, most rankings had him fifth, sixth round. When you see him in person, he's aggressive. He's vulnerable to maybe big plays. But I saw him one-on-one out there with D.J. Moore, you know, in in key situations, and they had trust in him. So, I mean, A.J. Green is solid, but I don't know if he's the – end all be all he's you know he's come away but he's still coming off a hip injury
0: and he may have
1: been inactive if greedy williams wouldn't have got hurt right i think emerson is you know going to be in the rotation he might not give up that position when williams comes back
0: Hmm. Hmm. that'll be interesting to see we will keep our eyes on that um (laughs) a lot of discussion in the chat room about the uh the brownie or the logo. Um, But uh, I I think we've discussed that enough already. Uh, But, you know, a lot of comments there that Modell hated him and therefore we love him. Uh, And and that certainly uh, is true for me as well. Um, So let me look for the next question here. Uh, Amari Cooper did not practice today, which you noted in your uh, story before practice. Uh, Did we ever find out what happened with Amari? What's going on yes. with
1: him? They gave him the day off rest. His
0: game a of
1: day off. Yeah. We got Veteran day off. And then when the official injury report came out, it had not injury related rest.
0: So, okay, good.
1: He got tired of trying to get open and not getting any passes, I guess. So,
0: <laughs> probably. Yeah,
1: the injury report. I'll say something. I almost took a video of the stationary bikes because they were empty. I don't know if I've really? ever seen that. There was nobody over with the trainers. There was only two players not on the field, said Cooper, and Michael Woods, who was out with an illness. So, I mean, this is history for the second week of the season. You hate to say that because you feel like, okay, you don't want to see 10 guys on the list next week. When Stefanski said no injuries came out of the game, I always take that with a grain of salt because usually then on Wednesday – there's four or five guys over on the bikes. And you're going, why are they over on the bikes when there's no injuries? You know, right. but on this injury list, I mean, Conklin's rehab Hubbard's still rehabbing. Thomas has a cast on his hand and they have to put him on the injury report. Woods, I said, was ill and Cooper was rested. So, yeah, it was like a very nice injury report.
0: Didn't Woods have a hamstring or something like that? Yeah, he missed zones. like all of training camp. Yeah, and I then know. He just and, came and...
1: back. He came back after they made the cuts. I thought they might put him on the roster, so they didn't have to put him on waivers, but then mm-hmm. put him on injury reserve to keep, you know, like they did with right. Jacob Phillips last week because he missed so much time. But they they kept him on the roster. and He practiced the first practice after the cuts, but the first um the first game he was inactive Sunday because of the hamstring or he was behind and now today was illness so I would think they would start to ramp him up you know and and see if you would hope that maybe he can displace somebody you know and get it but they got to get some it was good to see people's Jones that that's big to have a second guy but between Schwartz and Bell they need somebody or Woods to be the third, fourth receiver. And it was good to see Schwartz make a catch. I mean, in that situation, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have had confidence to go to him. He's dropped too many balls. It was third and four. And he made a nice play, got like 19 yards. And and I think they got a field goal on that. It might have been the one that put them up 23-14 to keep that drive alive.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I've, Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones really impressed me. Uh, Didn't get a lot of separation, but uh, battled for the ball very effectively. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of us were asking about a number two receiver and and, uh, why the Browns weren't more aggressive in going out to try to secure one. And uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones may have been that answer uh, the whole time.
1: Well, I'm anxious to see if Chester Rogers, maybe maybe he can work his way and you know, be that veteran. I I remember him. I kind of liked him with the Colts. You know, he was, Mm -hmm. you know, I think he was um, a pretty good receiver over there. I mean, they had other guys, obviously, T.Y. Hilton and more recent year, Michael Pittman and so forth. So maybe Rodgers can be more than a returner. Maybe he can be that veteran. You know, he's certainly not, you know, a big-time threat, but, you know, he could be somebody you could count on.
0: Right. Right. Hey, uh, we've got about another 15, 18 minutes left in the show. Uh, If you have more questions for Fred, feel free to fire them out. Uh, We've got, I've got like five or six years stashed away. uh, So we should have room for a few more. Uh, The next question comes from Marv on YouTube and Marv asks, Fred, notice you guys are back in the locker rooms. How does the vibe of the team feel? You've been in a, a, a lot of, Locker rooms over the years, and over the last twenty years, uh, some pretty dysfunctional ones. Uh, are you getting positive vibes out of the Browns this year so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, getting that win, you know, get some, get some off, you know, to a jolly start. But yeah, they've been very upbeat and positive, and and uh, really are very confident. They they like, even Hunt talked about today. They like the idea that. Nationally, everybody thinks the Browns stink. You know, as far mm. as they're not getting any credit. You know, and like they're looking at Brissett. You know, as oh bottom bottom of the barrel, and they're not gonna. You know, you're seeing rankings and power rankings. You know, in the eighteen to twenty some range, and with Brilliant. this roster, it's like blowing my mind. They're put. You know, that just shows you the importance of the quarterback and what we've said. I will say this. I can envision what was – like if Watson was in that offense against the Panthers, I think they might have put up 45 points because I just saw, you know, that he – you know, once he's not rusty, could really make a difference running the ball and passing the ball. With that running game, you got to be kidding me, you know. So I think they all know that too. And that's what they're trying to do is just take it – they hold one game at a time. Mm-hmm. So the players are very positive and, and they're positive about Brissette and they think that, that they can win with him.
0: Well, let's hope that they're right. Um, certainly, uh, uh, you know, they're one and and they haven't done that for 17 years. So um, let's go to a, a question from chat username on Twitch. Uh, he sort of asked, you know, what's your vision of how the tight end will be used in the next few games? Um, Obviously we talked about Njoku and how little we heard from him. Uh, How would you be using the tight end uh, uh, against the Jets and moving forward?
1: Well, I mean, last year they had the three tight ends when you had Hooper and every game, their numbers added up to like a Travis Kelsey. It seemed like they get three, four a piece and you had, Eight, nine, ten, eleven. This week, you had a total of three catches. You know, you had two by Bryant and one by um, Njoku. So I was very underwhelmed with the way they were used. So I, I'm mm-hmm. thinking they're going to at least throw the ball to him eight to ten times a game between those two guys. Um, I'd be disappointed if they don't find a way to do that. That's that's we've been underwhelmed with the wide receiver position and Najoku has the physical capabilities to almost be like a wide receiver, right. you know, out in open coverage. And so that's what I'm expecting. Tight end screens. I saw that a lot getting him the ball in space, matching up against a linebacker or a smaller DB. So I was a little disappointed to see that. So hopefully this week they, come back with a plan to free up, you know, those guys, you know, in that part of the
0: game. All right. Uh, a couple more questions here. Uh, Mr. Katapka on Twitch has a question about uh, Jacob Phillips and basically asking if uh, Phillips continues to struggle, uh, what do you see in terms of potential changes there at the linebacker position?
1: Well, you know, they like what Walker does, and, and Phillip's going to be given every opportunity. He, has, he hasn't played that much. Both the first two years, he missed a lot of time, um, and they really think that he could be the long-term answer with J.O.K. and the two linebacker sets. Um, Sion Takitaki's played pretty solid. Um, they might give more time with Tony F- Field, see what he can do, but they really don't have – um a lot of depth there that I don't think they view it as that important with that being said. They like Jordan Kunazic, I think his name. He made the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they like then they brought him back to the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And so I he came in late during training camp. So I think you might see some of him. And uh you know other than that, I just think that they're going to they're gonna ride Phillips and give him every opportunity to get the experience and, and, um, and see what they have with him. And if, if he struggles, you know, the whole season, then they would maybe move on for him. But he's athletic. He's very fast. And, right. and he's just got to get experience and play under control. All
0: right. Fair enough. Well, let's hope we see improvement as uh, the season goes on. Uh, Kevin Cycle asked a question. And he says, has Jed Wills or anyone else in the organization responded to criticism related to his ongoing level of effort? This is from the perspective which is out there that uh, Wills has a very uneven uh, performance during games. Uh, And some people would refer to that as taking plays off. I don't know if it is or not. Uh, But have we heard anything about Wills and his progress so far this season?
1: No, I mean... I watched Bill Callahan in practice. He's very intense, and he's all over those guys. And, you know, he he really thinks that that Wills can be everything they want him to be. Um, he said, he you know, Wills said that he expected to have a turnaround season this year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, a offensive line guru. All I know is they gave up. One sack, I think, the other day, and they rushed mm-hmm. for 217 yards. Um, in all the games you play, I don't know, or all the plays, I don't know if you're going to be 100% every game successful. I don't know what the grades were and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But, yeah, I think that, again, he's a young guy. They draft him young. his third year, so he's about 23 now they got to make a decision if he's the long-term answer or maybe even you flip him to right tackle where he played in college. And usually that's not as important position, obviously as left tackle. And maybe you draft another one or go get another, you know, left tackle, but they just obviously, you usually got to take a high draft pick to get the best ones. And they had the 10th pick and I don't know, there was about five of them that year and, yeah. I don't know who's done the best of that group. I know Becton's out for the season, and there was Werfs and and the kid that went to the Giants, Andrew Thomas, I think. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I think they're gonna go with it. Callahan, if anybody can get anything out of him, it's him. But yeah, I think exactly. I think it's too early to write him off.
0: Yeah, that, that sounds fair. I, I mean as you're as you're talking about the fact that they only had one sack and they rushed for 217 yards uh they did that with uh you know wills obviously is is part of the equation but with hudson and uh the second string center in there didn't have jack conklin didn't have conklin nick harris out for the season um and it just uh I, i think speaks well of callahan uh that they just marched out there and performed you know they did very well uh by any, they like by Michael Dunn.
1: You know, Michael Dunn, you saw him almost like in a tight end role. He was moving running patterns, and he, he can get out and move. He can play center and the two guards, and he was a tackle in college. So yeah, that versatility, you know, you know, he could be somebody they could, they could go with. So, yeah, the offensive line, I think, is, you know, and Hudson's play – you know, gives them a lot of encouragement for the future that maybe he could be the right tackle next year and they could move on from Conklin in the last year of his contract, or maybe, you know, you can do a lot of different ideas and things. It gives you some depth. You're developing, you know, depth and players.
0: Right. Right. Uh, let's see here. Got four more questions to go through. Uh, first question from chat, username. He says, now that the first game is behind us, is there a position other than quarterback that needs special focus?
1: Well, I, I think that the depth, you know, especially on the defensive line, we saw a little bit of Elliott and Brian and I made a play. And um, you just got to keep getting that and hopefully – as mentioned earlier, was the linebacker. The other linebacker I couldn't think of that's on the practice squad is Dakota Allen. He's a veteran. Mm -hmm. He played pretty well in the preseason training camp. Um, Safety. You know, Ronnie Harrison played a lot. I don't know if he had the greatest game, but we saw Delpit, you know, make a wrong decision it looked like on that touchdown. You only have three really front-line safeties, and so you got Anthony Bell and – and Richard LeCount, who was inactive. So you might want to see if you can develop, you know, a little more at safety. But for the most right. part, you know, your your starting lineup looks pretty strong to me.
0: You just mm-hmm. always
1: need depth because it, injuries happen all the time, and then, then all of a sudden your depth is tested big time. And we saw last year at right tackle, it really hurt him. You know, Hudson wasn't ready. When Conklin went down, they got Blake Hance playing right tackle, who isn't even on the Browns anymore because they cut him. Right. And so, you know, I think I think they're doing a pretty good job of scouring. I like they picked up Graham, cornerback. They had to feel he's better than Herb Miller. and Then they brought mm-hmm. Herb Miller back on practice squad. So you got Graham, who they're continually trying to get a little higher on their evaluation and get as good as they can in the depth –
0: All right. We have some critical questions we have to get to here. Uh, One is from Paul Spencer, who always asks the important questions. Uh, He says, why doesn't Twitch let us use standard emojis? Half the time, I'm not even sure what these ones mean. I just sent you a crown emoji, which is from the standard emoji set through my system here, through Twitch. You can do it, I think. So I did it. All right. Now that we got that oh, okay. dealt with. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm very uh, emotional about that issue. Uh, Darko Petrovic uh, writes in and says, "What did you think about the performance of the Browns' defensive tackles in the game versus the Panthers?" So we you just referenced that a little bit, Fred. Uh, but uh, were you pleasantly surprised?
1: The defense overall gave up 54 yards rushing, and you know they they held the The Panthers completely under control, and I was concerned, and you were concerned. If I remember, a guy named you were afraid they couldn't stop the run with McCaffrey. Yeah, at Foreman. Foreman,
0: I was worried about. And
1: yeah. you know, they they really shut. I think the Panthers, you know, were really put that ball more in Mayfield's hands than McCaffrey. That was the mm-hmm. that's the big weapon. The guy picked up Mayfield fumble and ran for twenty eight yards. You know. Right. So I think the coaching staff of the Panthers out-thought themselves. But the Browns defense, I have to assume Elliott and, and Winfrey and um, Togiai and, and Brian all played pretty well to contribute to shut down that, that running game. I mean, 54 yards in the NFL game is extremely good. In fact, I think it was the second fewest yards allowed in rushing last week, so... Right now they're ranked at the top of the the boards. So I'd say I was pleasantly surprised. And the Jets didn't run the ball very well last week. Their top rusher had 60 yards. And uh, they only had 83. So we'll see what they do this week.
0: Yeah, let's hope we get a similarly uh, surprising and hopeful performance this week. Uh, Last question of the day. This comes from Manimal. And Manimal asked, Do you feel that Stefanski was too pass happy? I've been getting that from friends. Um any thoughts about that, Fred?
1: I don't know. I mean, thirty-four passes. Um averages about eight a quarter. Yeah, he might have thrown a little more when you got when you got the runners they have, but they had a pretty good balance, I thought. They just they just need to connect on them. I mean, there were too many that were too hard, you know, to to make. You just got to look more for the easy completions. Maybe guys crossing routes across the middle, right behind the line of scrimmage, and screens and tight end screens, and and just get the ball into the playmakers' hands quicker. So, I don't yeah. know. That's my thought on it. You know, the one thing since it's the last question, I'll say. I did a little research. The Browns haven't started 2-0, and and that's why it's so important to get this Jets win. You'd be 2-0 and if you can do it for the first time since 1993. That was back when Bill Belichick was a coach. Now, that right. team was 7-9. and nine. But the NFL historically says if you start 2-0, and teams make the playoffs 63% of the time, and that's in the old 12-playoff team um, statistics. Now there's 14 teams, and that's only happened for the last, I think, two years. So I haven't studied that. But as far as um, – that's why it's big. You put yourself – and you're that much closer to getting five or six wins, which to me is the standard to still have a chance by the time Watson gets back. And ideally right. you could get to seven, you know, or more than six. But I wanted to get that out before we close. <laughs>
0: All right. Very good. Uh, point noted. Point noted. And uh, with that, we are going to wrap things up for today. And uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us, as always, Fred. It is much appreciated. Uh, I think I probably learned more about football in those old days when I was in the uh, uh, press, press box. With you sitting beside me and you commenting throughout the game was always very educational, as are these uh, these sessions here. So thank you very, very much. And uh, we will be back at you next week, hopefully running at 2-0 after the Jets Jets game uh, to talk more about Cleveland Browns football here on OBR Weekly. We'll see you next Wednesday at 7 p.m., folks. So long. Thank you. See you.